Hello and welcome to Talent Talks. My name is David Allison. The idea of these webinars and podcasts is to help provide an insight into the changing world of work. It's a conversation with those responsible for recruiting into companies large and small across all sectors and regions of the country. We'll be exploring some of the many changes that are happening around us today and the even bigger changes that are going to come about in the next few years as we grapple with recovery from the pandemic and new working patterns, as well as the huge impact that automation is going to have on all of us. So my guests today are Sasha and Lizette from DHL. Now, there can't be many people in the country who wouldn't immediately recognise the DHL logo, normally on one of the distinctive yellow trucks, lorries or even planes, but that is just the tip of the iceberg employing 380,000 people across 220 countries and delivering a staggering 1.6 billion packages a year, DHL has transformed the way in which organisations work on a global basis. From simply delivering a package to running entire logistics operations on behalf of their customers, DHL offers careers opportunity as diverse as its workforce. But before we hear more about the world of DHL, let's meet Sasha and Lizette. So Sasha, Lizette, welcome very much indeed to Talent Talks. Thank you for having us. Happy to be here. Brilliant. Well, Sasha, let me begin with you. I know that you've got an incredibly kind of varied background, all sorts of different organisations, which focus on something that I guess we would call early talent. So that's school leavers, apprenticeships, graduates. Tell us a bit about you and your career. Um, yeah, definitely. I have found my passion in early careers and apprenticeships. So I I began working there oh, over 10 years ago now uh, within the IT consultancy sector. And I worked at Capgemini and we set up the apprenticeship programme and I loved it. I was absolutely hooked. I loved giving young people a different opportunity into their into the world of work and into finding what makes them happy into starting their futures that wasn't university and I became really passionate about making sure that there were options for every person that suited that person and um, so I realized that's what I loved uh, and then five years ago I decided to leave working in a sole business and set up as a consultant and I worked in lots and lots of different companies across lots of different sectors ranging from finance to healthcare to logistics and um, Literally, you name it, I've been there, setting up apprenticeship programmes and um, working with graduate programmes to make sure there is a streamlined early careers offering and also working across training providers too. So at different universities and at training providers who deliver apprenticeships to make sure that they always have that client focused, learner focused um, attitude about delivering programmes. And then here I am at DHL. I've been here a year as head of emerging talent um, and I'm, I'm still living the dream. I am um, making sure that our apprenticeship programmes and our graduate programmes delivered to the business and also to our future generation of leaders. Fantastic. Thank you very much indeed. Well, that's a great introduction. Lizette, how about you? I know you're a slightly newer member of the, the, the DHL team. Yeah, yeah. So I've been with DHL actually two and a half years. Um, so I started before Sasha um, came. I didn't realise that. Okay, so I've got that the wrong way around, totally. Yeah, yeah I mean, I started... Um, uh, as, a, as, a, as a, in an analyst role um, in 2018 now, and um, and, and you were an apprenticeship then? Is that was that was that what you you started off on? Yeah, so I started um, out of sixth form as a chart in a chartered management degree, so a four year program, um, and I got placed where I am, and uh, I've changed roles since. However, it's been a really great opportunity. And it's great. I mean, so presumably when you were thinking about options when you, you were leaving school, you must have been thinking about university or, or degree apprenticeships, I guess, as part of that, that choice. 
Yes, yeah, definitely. So um, when I was looking at applying for universities, I went through the whole process. Um, I applied for unis, I did the UCAS, I wanted to do a degree in business and economics. Um, however, it was at that point that I started becoming demotivated in applying for accommodation and student loan that I knew it wasn't for me. And I thought, well, I'll definitely go and see if I can do something that gets me the same degree um, in the world of work. And that's kind of where I started looking and I came across DHR. And, and so far, so good, I hope? Yes, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed my, my time. Obviously, things have changed a bit since I've started um, with the pandemic and all of, all of that and what came with it. But I've really enjoyed it and I've, I've really grown in confidence and experience and I'm really happy with where I am. That's cool. Well, we'll come back to you later on if that's OK and just explore a little bit more about that choice and maybe the role of schools, parents, all those other people that like to give um, give advice when you're making these very important decisions. But Sasha, let me come back to you. I mean, I gave a very quick introduction to DHL earlier on. Perhaps you could fill in some of the, the gaps for us. What's it like to work as part of this incredible global organisation? Do you know what, David? It, it is an incredible global organisation. I am so proud of working for an organisation that has kept Britain moving uh, throughout a pandemic, which has been really highlighted. But actually, it sounds cliche, but it's like a DHL family. We've got a, it's like an Instagram, it's called our Connect app that keeps everyone together. And across the UK, we've got over 30,000, actually over the globe, we've got over 30,000 people on this app. And even as an example, people uploading TikToks, videos of them walking at the weekend with their family. And it does feel like you're, you know, part of a massive global business, but you know people, you've got friends, you feel like you're there for each other and it's a really supportive environment. Um, and, and, and DHL is what you said before, David, really. So we work really closely with all of our clients um, for their, on their supply chain, whether that be the full end-to-end -end process encompassing procurement to assembly, to packaging, to storage, to distribution, to transport planning, or whether it be just one part of that process. And actually, that is, that's what we're known for, right? That's the yellow and red, the DHL, the vans, the lorries, the t-shirts. That's what you think of when you think of DHL. But we are so much more than that. We're not just logistics and the careers available aren't just logistics. So I actually, I got some cool facts the other day and I know that we we transport over 400,000 kidney dialysis patients per year across the M25 as part of our patient transfer team. I mean, goodness knows that I didn't know DHL did that, to be perfectly honest. No, I have no idea um, either, yeah. We, I know. We deliver one in four pints of beer across the UK. So actually, when we are able to sit outside in beer gardens, you have a DHL to thank for that. And I suppose it's it's the variety of how we do these things. So I know that we've all been living at home. We've all been shopping locally. But from you know the cereal you have in the morning when you wake up to the clothes you put on to the office desk that you're working on to you know everything from the gym equipment that we deliver gym equipment we've delivered hot tubs to keep people going throughout this lockdown we are an essential part of making sure that the economy but also people's lives have kept on moving people are happy people are in you know eating people are doing what they love still and being sort of an essential part of everyday life and um, which, yeah, I'm really, I'm really proud to be part of that. And I know that um, you, you've, you've briefed me very well that we're not allowed to talk about specific clients, um, so I, I won't drag you down that, that route. But I know that, I mean, in the pandemic, you've been pretty instrumental in some of the 
solutions that we've all looked to in terms of healthcare to make sure we have the capacity to deal with, um, well, with dealing with both ill patients, but also the vaccines. Definitely, a hundred percent. We work. We've got a massive, massive life sciences and healthcare division of our business alongside you know, retail, manufacturing, all the other parts of our business. And life science and healthcare has obviously been front and centre in this pandemic. Uh, and so enabling that to keep moving and that to continue to deliver deliver services, not for our clients, but with our clients and really be innovating to make sure that we are we are keeping that essential part of, of the world running um, has been huge for us, especially over the last year. So I guess, I mean, that must mean that you have an incredible breadth of skills that you need to bring into the business, because I, I mean, I know that you've got one well, more planes than some major airlines. So you, you have to recruit everything from the kind of the pilots at one end through to, well, I guess the, the truck drivers, but also everything that goes in between to keep the whole operation going. It, it must be incredible. It's huge. It's absolutely bonkers. I can't believe it. So yeah, we have, we also, we have everything you can imagine within logistics and supply chain, like you say, drivers, warehouse staff, frontline managers, transport planners, inventory clerks, we've got all these sorts of roles. But also, with, with the nearly 50,000 people across the UK alone, we've got um, people working in legal, we've got people working in HR, we've got roles available in finance, we've got a property section. Um, we've got a whole team focused on the Go Green agenda and ensuring we are pushing towards our vision to have zero emissions by 2050. And we've got a whole team of people focused on just that. So actually, the things that you maybe don't see behind the scenes offer a wealth of opportunities to get involved into. And one of the questions that we often get from careers advisors is, well, I mean, this all sounds great, but presumably it only works if you happen to live around the corner from one of the DHL operations. How, how broad is your kind of the population of DHL employees in the UK? Are you scattered all over the place? We're everywhere. Um, yeah, absolutely. So when you were saying that it only works if you live around the corner from a DHL site, luckily that they are yeah, everywhere, so you likely do. Um, yeah. We are everywhere from, um, yeah, all over the UK, all over Ireland. We are everywhere you look. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully that isn't really a restriction for anybody. Our graduates, a graduate programme is nationwide and they will rotate across different placements, across different um, locations to give them that breadth and depth of experience. But actually our apprentice programmes aren't. But luckily, like you say, they are available all over the country. So it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a reason to stop people joining us. Excellent. Well, there was a careers advisor in Chesterfield who asked that very specific question. So thank you very much indeed for, for answering that one. Um, give us an idea of the, the kind of the numbers. How many uh, young people do you bring in on your apprenticeships and graduate programmes each year? Um, so we have 200 graduates on programme at the moment and we have we are recruiting an additional 71 this year. And um, we have also our apprentice program is bigger than ever actually this year and I'm, I'm really excited about that we're currently in the process of recruiting 29 apprentices um, and they will be joining a, a big apprentice cohort already but actually the breadth of, of different roles we're offering this year is what's different so we've always offered operational roles so people to be working within the operation you know right at the bleeding heart of logistics what you expect to be a logistics role uncharted manager degrees and supply chain leadership degree apprenticeships but this year we're recruiting data Data analysts, that's a massive push for us within the business. We've got data analysts coming in across all the different business areas. Uh, we've got finance assistants joining us. We've got HR assistants joining us. We have specific transport planners joining us. Um, so we are really recruiting not only into that frontline logistics supply chain 
pipeline. This year, we're making sure all those functions are supported by apprentice roles as well as graduate roles, because ultimately, I, this emerging talent of the future of our business, the people we are talking about here are the future of they will be the leaders of tomorrow. And we don't we don't want to just be bringing graduates in and we don't want to just be bringing apprentices in. We need to bring that diverse workforce with diverse thoughts, diverse um, experiences into all sectors of our business so that they can you know, grow and lead it in the future. Well, that's great to hear. And, and I think uh, it's very important, isn't it, that this is about making sure that young people particularly make good choices about what's available and make the right choice for them. And that we, we, we create those pathways for them into the world of work and to the right organisations where they have that cultural fit. And it does, I sense talking to you that there's probably a, there's quite a strong culture at, uh, at, at DHL. <laughs> yeah, there is. There definitely is, David. You've definitely got that. And um, a hundred percent. And actually our emerging talent are a massive part of that. I know it's not absolutely not all graduates and apprentices are the same in any way, but they are vocal and they are challenging and they are passionate, the young people that we bring into our business. So they are responsible for, they really create their own culture as well. So they, they challenge us, they are leading the diversity agenda. They are putting their hands up and being part of every single group you can imagine leading a vibrant social scene and making sure that i mean there's a netflix party going on tomorrow night within our emerging talent social committee and um, so yeah there's the whole dhl culture and then as a subculture of that we've got a really active emerging talent social committee as well who have their, their whole separate activities that go on in addition to the things we do as a business well, I've got to come back to that one in a minute because I know that for a lot of youngsters, if they're concerned, they wouldn't get the university lifestyle by doing a degree apprenticeship. But if you've got a social committee, hmm, that, uh, we've got to find out more. But Lizette, challenging. There we go. Is that you? Are you? Do you challenge Sasha on a regular basis? Do you think? Um, I was going to say I'm probably definitely one of the vocal and challenging ones, but hopefully in a good way. Um, I think yeah, it's really important, and we are. You know, we always look for new ways of doing things and, and we communicate with the Emerging Talent team regularly. They know that we'll speak to them um, and, it, you know, it's great. It's great to have that kind of relationship. Fantastic. So tell me a bit more then about you and how you got into DHL. Was it a company that you knew that you wanted to join or, or how, how did you make the leap into DHL? So um, when I first started applying for apprenticeships, I kind of picked a couple that I thought might be interesting. And DHL at the time, uh, the supply chain perspective, I, I really didn't know what they did. Um, and as part of the um, onboarding process, you had to do a presentation about who DHL supply chain are. And um, I learned a lot in that, in that uh, research time about what they do. And actually, a five-minute presentation wasn't going to do it, um, wasn't going to explain what we do as a business. Um, and at that point, I thought there is a lot of opportunities in this organisation. You can pretty much do most roles in most functions. And I think that level of exposure to a business from an early age was really appealing to me. And so I applied and... Here I am. <laughs> and, and was it always going to be a degree apprenticeship for you? Because or, or, I think for a lot of young people, they, they aren't aware of that as a, as a real option when they leave school. 
Yeah, I mean, when I was applying for universities at my sixth form, it, it was very much a university is kind of the main um, way to go. Um, obviously, we had open evenings and there were quite a few, you know, there were a couple of apprenticeship providers there, but n nowhere near as many as a university stands. Um, and at that point, I thought, oh, actually, it would be really good if I could get a degree in the thing that I wanted to do anyway, um, whilst gaining loads of experience and meeting interesting people. And that really, really appealed to me. And do you think that the sort of your school and parents and others around you, were they, did they think this was a good idea too? Or, or did you have to do a bit of persuading to, to explain to them why you wanted to go down this particular route? Uh, I mean, in terms of my parents, they, well, my dad did an apprenticeship many years ago, and he is an absolute advocate for um, apprenticeships. You know, he has everything, everything good to say about them. Um, and, you know, actually, so did my mum, but in a kind of different capacity in nursing. And I thought, actually, they were quite happy for me to do whatever. But when you think about the benefits of an apprenticeship versus going to uni, getting a load of student debt, but you do also get some experience of, you know, moving away and having to kind of fend for yourself, um, which I can still do now. But, you know, um, they, they were all for it. My friends all went to uni anyway, so I get to see them and experience their social aspect. So I think it's great. I, I really enjoy it and definitely feel like I made the right decision. And at the end of your degree, I mean, you will end up with a degree just like them. And is it Open University you're doing your degree with? Yes, yes, I'm doing it with the Open University. So presumably then, despite the yeah, um, the, the challenges of the pandemic, the remote deliveries all work pretty well for you and you've been able to carry on with your studies um, probably j better than some people at universities have been able to. Well, yes, actually, you know, the Open University is um, built to be online. So actually it, it worked out really well because they were you know they didn't have to adapt to everyone working from home because we did it anyway um and and that was a really important thing when i started working from home because of the pandemic was that because i'd done my studies at home you know every week i had my study time and i did that from home and i i kind of knew how to do it and it was i, I feel like i you know the open university have provided a great opportunity Great. Well, that sounds like it's really working out well, which is fantastic to hear. Uh, Sasha, let me come back to you and just, just think about the future, really. I mean, DHL has evolved so much since it was founded, I think it was in 1969, and the world has changed totally. If you have to get the crystal ball out, what do you think is going to happen in the next 10 to 25 years, particularly when it comes to skills and the kind of careers that, that young people should be really thinking about as part of the, the choices they make? Um, in terms of skills and careers, I suppose um, the first thing that springs to mind is it's digital. So we are using data, we are using insights to inform everything that we do. Um, and actually, you can see that massively from even five years ago, let alone 10 years ago, how much data informs what we are doing. We are not um, you know, going blindly into the future anymore. We know what, what past data is telling us and what future data is telling us. And we're combining that with things that matter. So things like the Go Green agenda, 
things like making sure we, we reach our target of zero emissions by 2050. We're not just sort of guessing how we can do that. Um, data plays a massive part into that for us. And as a, as a business, I know our strategy, there's so many connecting people, improving lives. That's what we aim to do. And one of the things we will be doing is pushing forward that Go Green agenda. But as in terms of careers, digitalisation informs every single part of our strategy. And I think that's the same if you look across the whole of the UK, if you look across other businesses. Um, that's a massive growth area for everybody. And I think for a lot of businesses it's an area that we um, have dabbled in and we've tried to do but there is a real sort of fast forward button being pressed to make sure we get there and actually if you even just think about not digitalization in a super techie context but we're all working from home we're all having to be far more um, remote far more capable ourselves and far less reliant on old school ways of doing things and traditional ways of working and like Lizette said I mean she's a fantastic example of how that transition wasn't that hard for her because she's been doing it with the Open University and um, it was kind of par for the course. She's, she's part of a, a generation that are far, far more familiar with technology. And that's why I suppose this talent pool is so important for us as well, because it underpins what we are doing as a business um, but by how their ideas feed in and how their inputs and challenges make us rethink the way we do things. And I think you're right. The, the common thing we hear on these conversations all the time is around the role of digital skills and the fact that actually in almost every sector it's going to underpin what happens and, and the jobs of the future. And I think you know, there's a lot of question around how do you make jobs and skills future proof, but it sounds like digital is kind of at the heart of, of where you're heading. Yeah, well, I, I do. I think that's I think that's one of the big things that will be coming in in the future. And that's one of the, the future things. But I think the other thing to consider is that although we talk about the future, the basics still have to happen. So yeah, we might be excited about digital, we might be excited about all this stuff, but things like, it might not sound that sexy, logistics and supply chain. I mean, there are aspects that are very, very, very cool, but we need to deliver food to shops. We need to deliver, you know, we supply 90% of Oxford Street when it's open. We need to make sure we keep businesses supplied and moving. We need to get car parts from A to B so that cars can be built so that people can travel, people can move. We need to keep those solid foundations in place. So yes, we can talk about the future. And yeah, I do think that the way we, the information that we use to inform how we get to the future will be digital, but also forget that. We need to keep the basics running and we need to make sure as a, as a business, as a UK, as a world, as a country, those things never stop. And I think we've learned that more than ever over the last year, that let's do the exciting stuff, but also let's continue to deliver the fundamentals. And the fundamentals are, are keeping other businesses moving and making sure we have people who are aware of what's happening and people who are paying attention to the future, people who are paying attention to our clients, so that we're not just thinking about our future, we're thinking about our clients' future and how we support them to get to that place as well. Um, so I think, yeah, there is, there's really exciting well, things that's to come, um, but also we're very sustainable, which is quite exciting too. <laughs> I mean, that, that, the, the way you put it across is really clear. And I think it obviously must have an impact for you on the way and the kind of things that you look for in people who you're trying to hire. What, what, are, what are the things that, you know, great candidates demonstrate to you through that hiring process on top of the kind of the digital, the rest of it, which I, you're right, you know, that, that is that generation. What are the skills that need to go above those technical skills to make them somebody who's a standout candidate for you? Um, it's a 
about being passionate, I suppose, the fundamental piece for us is being passionate and wanting to learn. We do not expect, I don't think anybody does, any organisation does, your emerging talent to come in and know everything. I mean, we don't want someone to come in and know everything. If you did, you'd be a direct hire into a different role. We want people who are excited about joining our industry, excited about joining our business, want to learn about it. And that's our job, right? That's what we're here for, to make sure that we teach them how to be the best version of themselves and how to learn about the industry and the role they're coming into and um, we look for people it's across the businesses it's a bit it's a bit I suppose commercial speak this and a bit um corporate but we look for head heart and guts so we want people who have got a bit of heart a bit of passion who are excited and and want to be here that they've got that real heart focus in them they've got their head they're thinking for they're thinking to the future they've got that attention to detail they're making sure that we have got an eye on um an eye on our customers, an eye on what's coming next, and they have got that commercial mindset. And then we want people with guts. We want to be challenged. We don't want people who just join us and say, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll sit I'll sit back and I'll, I'll do as I'm told. And um, we want people who bring their whole selves to work, who, who bring everything about them to work, not just their ability to do a role. And um, they bring themselves. And we want people, yeah, who are passionate, forward-thinking team players and who... We want to be heard, really, because we want to hear them. Fantastic. Well, there we go. That sets out very clearly then the, the kind of people you're after. Um, so tell us a little bit about the hiring process. So for those who are listening who, who want to join DHL or find out more, how, how do they go about um, applying to you? Um, it's very, it's, oh, it's not very simple, but it's simple. You go online, uh, you would search for DHL Emerging Talent and you'll find the opportunities for apprentice and graduate programmes. It's a sort of a three-stage application process in terms of there is an application which just assesses things like eligibility for the apprenticeship program and do we don't we don't recruit on grades we no longer require um university degree classification we no longer require grades for our apprenticeship program um whole different story but because they don't predict success for us it's about the people attributes that I just just spoke about the predict success but there is an application form where we just get the basic information of who the people are who are applying to us and then everyone passes through to what we call a photo book which is a situational strengths test and in that photo book we present people with experiences and situations they may be in if they were in the business and we've got two separate ones one for operational roles which are based within a warehouse and one for functional roles which tend to be more based within an office and the slightly different situations you're might more likely to come into contact with day to day and it asks them what they would do in these certain situations and that is simply to assess whether they sort of have the um are they collaborative do they work in the same sort of way that we work do they fit in with that culture piece that you were talking about before David actually um the second stage after that is an, an online another online test um that's another it's a job simulation but instead of being what would you do in this situation type of questions they open their laptop and you are in a day so you open your laptop and for example you have an email from a customer that says um this has gone wrong how can we fix it and there's a number of resources that you can look through there might be a voicemail um, and there might be another email that you'd received earlier in the day and then you have to be in that role you have to respond and it may be that you have to respond via a phone call so you are speaking into the computer you are recording what your response would be back to that customer and um, it may be that you open your laptop and someone's ringing you and you have to respond to those questions but we put people in a situation to help them 
not only as to understand how they would react and how they would deal with that situation, but for give them an opportunity too. I think one of the most important things for us throughout the recruitment process is that logistics is shrouded in this sort of dark art, mystic, um, you know, black fog. And I must admit, I didn't know what logistics was till I worked in this sector. If I think if we talk to any young people and probably their parents and careers advisors too, they'd go, logistics, um, yeah, it's about moving things. And it doesn't really give a realistic job preview of what you'd be doing day to day. So we try to break that down in the first two online stages of our recruitment process and um, through the through the job simulation and through the situational strengths test. Once someone's passed those two elements, we finally get to the experience day. And at this point, it's the best part. We meet our candidates face to face. Um, Hopefully, we meet our candidates face to face, I should say. We're currently meeting them all on Zoom. And we go through a um, we go through three particular uh, particularly designed activities. There's a group task, there's a presentation, and there's an interview. And all of them are assessing the things that we spoke about earlier um, and making sure that someone is the right fit for our business. We are not in any way trying to, to trying to trip anyone up. And um, I'm actually I'm really proud of the fact we get really good feedback from our candidates to say they actually quite enjoyed it. And that if nothing else, they learn quite a lot about themselves. And um, we are there to help help people particularly looking for their first job. Um, understand what what they like and it might be that they come to an experience day or they complete our online testing and they realize that actually I don't I don't want to be in a warehouse and that's fine that's absolutely fine it means that maybe that role isn't for you but it means we've we've done the right thing to get them to that place to understand that um so sorry that was quite a waffly way to answer that so we've got a two-stage application two-stage online process for the situational strengths test and then the job simulation and then finally we've got an experience day where people hopefully come to site if not come to zoom and we went through a number of activities with them and with them as a group well it wasn't waffly but there's an awful lot to cover isn't there that's for sure um i mean lizette you you went through that process i should imagine something very close to it i mean it is just so different to a filling in a ucas form isn't it or going off to a university how well prepared did you feel for, the, for that sort of process well, uh, actually, when I started, it wasn't quite, it didn't quite have that kind of structure. However, um, I do, I have seen it, you know, happen. I've, I'm attending one of the uh, experience days, which I'm really excited about. Um, but yes, it is very different to filling in a UCAS form. Um, you don't just have to populate things about your address. You have to actually start thinking about, you know, um, what would I do in this situation where you probably have never thought about that before? You've, you've probably never thought about a warehousing environment and what you should do if if a, a scenario comes up. So um, preparing in terms of preparation, I, you know, being yourself and kind of, you kind of almost have to think, you know, what would I do? Because I've never had to. <laughs> and it's and it's great. And it makes you think. And um you know, I'll be interested to see what some of the candidates this year come up with. I'm not, I'm not there to, I'm just there to uh, observe and see what's going on. But I have been part of the, um, I was a guinea pig last year for one of them. And I found it really fun, um, you know, what, what we had to do. Um, obviously, I wasn't being tested and they'd employed me by that point. So, <laughs> um, but it was, no, it was really good fun. And uh, yeah, as Sasha says, she make, you know, they make it as, ex as, as exciting as they can. And it's great. Fantastic. Well, there we go. So um, good resources online to go and have a, a, a look. And if you want to apply in terms of timing, that's the other thing, Sasha, that always um, I think is worthwhile flagging. This is very different, isn't it, to the UCAS timing? When do you open and close for people who want to join your programme? 
So we open for our graduates in about October time, actually. We open very early. It seems crazy. We, we have our new hire start and we go straight out for recruitment pretty much straight away. So we open in October time-ish and there is a, a bit of give and take within that. And we tend to have completed all, we have already completed all graduate recruitment. So graduate recruitment is completed in Feb. And similarly, apprentice recruitment opens in December, January time. And we, we're currently at the assessment centre stage, the experience day stage. So we open in December, January, um, and we will complete all of recruitment by the end of April. And it is so very different, Dave, I actually feel, I feel quite sorry for people on this. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, for those who want to find out more, it, it's a question of now keeping on out because December will be the next time when they'd like to be able to apply. So again, it's about that forward planning if you are a young person thinking about a career with DHL. 100%, yeah. Definitely, it's about December time. But obviously, if anyone's got any questions in the meantime, we're available on LinkedIn, social media, and um, through all our partners, through our website, and happy to chat to anybody before that time if they want to know more about it. Well, there we go. What a great offer. So um, we'll make sure we put some links on the website to, to those various pages and, and resources. Um, Sasha and Zet, thank you so much indeed for your time uh, today and giving us a glimpse into the world of DHL, which is just phenomenally diverse. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Um, and thank you to you for joining this Talent Talks. Next time we'll be looking at something completely different, the world of horse racing with Zoe Elliott from the British Horse Racing Authority. And again, there's far more to it than just jockeys and owners. So join me to hear about the many and diverse opportunities that exist in a sector which employs over 20,000 people in the UK alone. So thank you for joining and I look forward to seeing you next time round.